<laughs> oh, me? So we need to pray for you tonight. <laughs> I got a kick out of that. <laughs> I pour my fountain goes like this. How do I know? How do I know that Christ is risen? What proof have I to give? He touched my life one blessed day, and I began to live. How do I know he left the tomb that Easter long ago? I met him just this morning, and my life is all aglow. How do I know that that endless life he gained that day for me? His life within is proof enough of immortality. How do I know that Christ still lives? Rich blessings to impart. I know it's true because he lives and reigns within my heart. I love that. Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1. I've thought much on the resurrection the last few days, and I just want to share a blessing with you about it. In Acts chapter 1, verse 3. To whom also he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs, being seen of them forty days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. Father, I ask you in Jesus' name that you will bless our hearts with thy word tonight. Let the Holy Spirit speak to us. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, the greatest chapter in the Bible, as far as I'm concerned, on the resurrection is 1 Corinthians chapter 15. If you'll turn over there with me a few minutes. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, and um, beginning in verse 12. Now, the question might be asked by people, why is the resurrection of Christ so important? Listen to these verses. Now, if Christ be priest that he rose from the dead, how say of some among you that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there be no resurrection of the dead, then is Christ not risen. And if Christ be not risen, then is our preaching vain, and your faith is also vain. Yea, and we are found false witnesses of God, because we have testified of God that he raised up Christ, whom he raised not up, if so be that the dead rise not. If the dead rise not, then is not Christ raised. And if Christ be not raised, your faith is vain, you are yet in your sins. Then they also which are fallen asleep in Christ are perished. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are all of all men most miserable. But verse 10, But now is Christ risen from the dead, and become the first fruits of them that slept. Now all these verses teach us, and I do know that this one thing is sure, <clears throat> Satan hates the doctrine of the resurrection of Christ. Everything else we preach and teach about God and our Savior Lord Jesus Christ is made uh, null and void if Jesus did not rise from the dead. There are several things we need to know about Jesus' resurrection. Number one, the prophecy of the resurrection. The story of Jonah and the whale is is prophecy of the resurrection. Go back with me now for just a minute to Matthew chapter 12. Matthew chapter 12. And look with me beginning in verse 38. 
Then certain of the scribes and Pharisees answered, saying, Master, we would see a sign from thee. But he answered and said unto them, An evil and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign, and there shall no sign be given it, but the sign of the prophet Jonas. And as Jonas was three days and three nights in the whale's belly, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. The men of Nineveh shall rise in judgment with this generation, shall condemn it, because they repented at the preaching of Jonas, and behold, a greater than Jonas is here, talking about Jesus. Now, long before Jesus died, Jesus said, I am going to rise from the dead. In John chapter 2, verse 19 and verse 21, Jesus said, Destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. And he wasn't talking about the temple of stone and brick and so on. He was talking about his body. In John 10, verse 17 and 18, Jesus said, I lay down my life that I might take it again. No man taketh it from me, but I lay it down to myself. I power to lay it down. I power to take it again. Now that's the resurrection foretold. Notice again, in typology in the Bible, prophecies of his resurrection, uh, such as Abraham and Isaac. Uh, Abraham took his son Isaac and laid his wood on his own son's back, took him up to a mountain, put him on a stone, and was literally going to take his heart out of him with a knife. And God stopped his hand. But the Bible says that the reason that Abraham could do that was simply he knew that if he killed his son Abraham under the order of God, he would raise him up again. Now, Joseph is a type of Jesus' resurrection. Jesus raising people from the dead is a type of his resurrection. The thief on the cross said, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. Jesus saying unto him, Today shall thou be with me in paradise. That's a type of the resurrection. So you have the prophecies of the resurrection in the Bible, which was fulfilled. And then you have the proof of the resurrection of Christ. Because the Bible says so. Amen? I have it all the time. How do you know something? Because the Bible says so. And when it comes to the resurrection, Luke chapter 24 verse 6 says, He's not here, but He's risen. Because the Holy Spirit's presence in me and all other believers today, I have proof of the resurrection. John 16 verse 7 through 11 tells us that we have the Holy Spirit in us. And what's he therefore to witness to us of certain things? And one of them is the resurrection of Christ. Every day of my life, the Holy Spirit lets me know that Jesus rose from the dead, and therefore I'm not going to die. I'm going to raise, I'm going to live forever. Amen? Amen? Paul is one example of me and you and others. I want you to notice this. A miraculous change in the life of Christians is a proof of the resurrection because of scientific proof of scientists that has proved much study that no human body has ever decayed in Jesus' tomb. Why? Because he rose from the dead. And because, number uh, five, because no one gets saved from sin who denies the resurrection. That's part of the plan of God's salvation. If you don't believe in the resurrection, you can't be saved anyhow. And then the purpose of the resurrection. Why did Jesus raise from the dead? Romans chapter 1 and verse 4, please. 
Romans chapter 1, and I want you to look at verse 4 with me. And declare to be the Son of God with power according to the Spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead. I was, like I said this morning, I was talking to a man, told him that Jesus was God in the flesh. And he said, no, why would God say Son of God and God in the same in, in the Bible? Well, notice what is the proof of Jesus being God in the flesh is by the resurrection from the dead. Why is that proof? Because nobody else can do that. Only God can do that. In Romans chapter 4, verse 25, makes it plain Jesus' resurrection keeps us believers clean, just as though we had never sinned. His resurrection authenticates His redemption. This is part of our salvation. No one is saved apart from the resurrection. His resurrection assures us of our resurrection. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. Listen to this. He that believeth in me, that's me, Though he were dead, or was in sins, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and abideth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? So I know I'm never going to die. I'm going to live forever. Why? Because of the resurrection. The resurrection of Christ guarantees a judgment day. In other words, we must all stand before God. And Hebrews 9, verse 27 says, It is appointed unto men once to die, but after this the judgment. Many a person is scared to die because they know they must stand before God. But you know what a, a Christian can grow in? We don't stand before God to be judged of our sins. You know why? Because Jesus bore our sins on the cross. He's already judged though. And by the way, He didn't judge one or a thousand the Bible says He judged them all. Amen. Amen. Ever sin I ever commit, never will commit, Jesus has already judged them on Calvary. The people of the resurrection, if you wouldn't please, don't you notice there's two classes of people. Turn over to John. In John chapter 5. John chapter 5. And I want to begin to read in verse 28. John chapter 5 and verse 28. Marvel not at this, for the hour is coming, in the which all that are in the grave shall hear his voice, and shall come forth. They that have done good unto the resurrection of life, and they that have done evil unto the resurrection of damnation. I can of my own self do nothing, as I hear I judge, and my judgment is just, because I seek not mine own will, but the will of the Father which has sent me. If I bear witness of myself, my witness is not true. There is another that bears witness of me, and I know that that witness, which is witness in me, is true. Now, if you'll notice in these, there's two classes of people then that's going to be judged. There's the judgment, that's the first resurrection. Did you know what the first resurrection is? That's the rapture of the church. We're going to be with the Lord in the air. Amen? But after a thousand years later, according to the Bible, there's a resurrection of, of the damned, those that deny the Lord Jesus Christ. We're in the first resurrection. Now, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13 through 17, said, The dead in Christ shall rise first. And I've preached a lot of funerals, and, and I've said this in, in one sense. I look forward to it. 
my grandfather's buried up there in the edge of Alabama. And I said, he's buried because he's six foot under, and I'm above the ground if Jesus comes at the resurrection. And the Bible says then, he's got to come up first and I go up and beat him in the air. But that's true. But another aspect of that is the saved is resurrected first. This is called the first resurrection. And this takes place at the rapture of the church. But what about the unsaved? Now go to Revelation chapter 20. Revelation chapter 20 for just a minute. Revelation chapter 20, in one verse, please, verse 20. I mean, verse 5. Revelation 20, verse 5. But the rest of the dead live not again until the thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. Now notice, this resurrection here of the unsaved takes place at the end of the thousand years millennial reign with Christ on this earth. So there's two parts of the resurrection. One is the saved, one is the unsaved. Then there's a physical reality of the resurrection. I, I laugh at people, especially, I, I know some friends of mine, they love these uh, weird movies. You know, they sit at home and they watch them on TV. Uh, the, what was it? The Living Dead here a while back. They had a series of it. Uh, it was on TV. And I turned on it one night just to see uh, what the world are they talking about. And here's these ghosts coming up out of the ground, you know, and, and bodies and walking and they're all beat up and, and just bloody and looking like it. And they're taking rifles and shooting them and can't kill them because they're ghosts. And that's not what it's about. I want you to notice right now, there is a physical reality of the resurrection. And Jesus told us what it was. Jesus showed himself alive after death. Many, many people saw Jesus after he died and rose again. But one of my favorite verses is Scripture, when it's talking about the reality of, of, of the bodily resurrection, is found in Luke chapter 24. Turn over there with me for a minute. I love these verses. Behold, verse 39, Behold my hands and my feet, that is I myself. Handle me and see, for a spirit has not flesh and bones as you see me have. In other words, Jesus said, I'm not a spirit. I'm not Casper the friendly ghost flying around on a cloud somewhere. I'm a body. Behold my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Handle me and see, for a spirit has not flesh and bones as you see me have. And when he had thus spoken, he showed them his hands and his feet. And while they yet believed not for joy and wondered, he said unto them, Have you here any meat? And they gave him a piece of a broiled fish and a honeycomb, and he took it and did eat before them. Now, I don't know what you, that means to you, but I know what it means to me. That's living. That's just plain out, everyday living. Amen? In verse 41 and down through verse 43, it's just a person living. And what, what the resurrection is all about is God says, if you don't believe in the resurrection, in other words, if you die and just go to the ground, that's the end of us. What's life all about then? Are we just an animal? Are we just something that 
just has a few minutes on earth, just accidentally happened. It's a bang theory and all that junk wants to teach in our kids in the school. Or is it something that God designed in a plan of salvation of the souls of men that men must die because we're sinners and we must be buried, but we're going to rise again? And, I, and to understand all of that and to have comfort, if you go to Thessalonians, it plainly tells you these words is our comfort. What? That that body is not us. That body is nothing but a piece of clay in the ground. And we wait for the voice of the Lord one day and the body's going to rise. But we go straight to heaven when we die in the soul and the spirit. So we're not there. And that's the great hope. If I didn't know in my heart without a doubt that Jesus didn't raise from the dead, then I'm miserable. I'm most miserable. But I do know that He rose from the dead. And I can handle whatever the devil throws at me simply because I have the peace of God in my heart that I know the resurrection is real. And we're going to live again. Amen? That's what it's about. God, I'm saved tonight, aren't you? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that we are saved. We are your children. We look forward to that great day we'll see you face to face. But then one day, this old body's going to raise again, and our loved one's going to raise again. We'll be united with you and worship you for all eternity because that's what you created man to do is worship you. And we look forward to that great day, and we can worship you there in pure love and pure worship. And we can't fathom what that's like down here yet. We see through a glass darkly, but one day face to face. And we look forward to it. In Jesus' name we ask these things. Bless us. Amen. Thank you so much for being here tonight.